I want to take some time today, and I was really praying and asking the Lord about which direction to go for the message. Uh, I really had in my heart to do some follow-up after last week. Uh, obviously, how many were here last week with Emma and Sam in that or at the conference? Uh, but honestly, I realized pretty quickly, I'm like, how in the world do you do a follow-up message to last week? Right? Like, there was so much... Uh, I mean, from one of the sessions, and we just had it all weekend. Like, someone asked me, well, how was your birthday? I'm like, well, it was great. What'd you do? I was just in sessions getting slammed by the Holy Spirit, like, all day long. And then it wasn't even over on one day. But then we had the next day. And then I thought, okay, we're good. Then we had Sunday. And, I mean, if you didn't watch it, please go online and watch it if you're part of this church family. Because it was just a very significant day for us here at Toronto State Church. But I really, in my heart, I was like, how do, what, Lord, what, how do I follow up to that? Like, it was just so much and how to go. And so, I, 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 the Lord put a word on my heart for us, and perhaps not a, a full follow-up in, in many ways. There's so much that was said. There's so much to be prayed over and talked about, and so much to be, you know, humbly walked out with God's help. But I, I do want to share a message of encouragement with you today, because there's a message that God was really stirring in my heart, and I really believe it's something that he wants to encourage all of us in, in person, those of us who are joining us as well online, that the Lord wants to encourage you with this as well. God, God has spoken a lot to us corporately. And so there was much that was spoken and much that was shared on a corporate sense. I mean, every week when we gather, we really believe that God is speaking to us. And there's just multiple layers, multiple ways he speaks to us. But last weekend, between the meetings, between different things, the Sunday services, God spoke to us. And so there was many things that God spoke to us corporately. And so I want to encourage us in light of what God spoke to us corporately. But I also want to encourage us in light of what God spoke to us personally. Because it's amazing. It's, it's the way the kingdom works. God, God will speak. His, his voice, and when he moves, it's multi-layered. It's not just, I was, I was mentioning first services a little bit. Uh, Stacy Campbell, who's a prophet and based out of Canada for a number of years, she would always share this word about how God likes to speak in stereo. And if you understand stereo, if you have like stereo earphones, there's different sounds that come out both sides, but it creates a corporate sound together. And so God often will be speaking to us, and so that's quite often why it's important, for example, that we know like we want to grow in the love of God, but we also want to grow in the fear of the Lord. Like you need both. You need stereo sound. So have you ever had a pair of earphones and they were broken and they weren't working well and you're only getting sound out of one ear? Anyone else get really annoyed by that besides me? I mean, it's just so annoying and it's just because you know there's something that's supposed to be there but it's not there. Especially if you buy like cheap earphones from the dollar store and they last like, I know some of us in here are like, never pastor, I do not. My wife would be one of those people. But then there's all this captain budgets. We're like, oh, $4, sure, I can do that. And, you know, and then they last you like two days and you're like, I should have just spent more money on the earphones. As my wife looks at me, I told you, you should have. But, you know, so, so God speaks in stereo. There's, you know, he wants us to know that he wants us to prosper and be in health as soul prospers, but still not be attached to the things of the world and not be caught up materialism. And what we tend to do is there's ditches on both sides of the highway of truth and the highway of righteousness. A lot of times we get off on one side or the other where God says, if you hear me properly in all that I'm saying, you stay on the path of life. And then the other problem that happens to us a lot of times as believers is we see people under one ditch, and we're like, well, I'm not doing that, so we just run over to the other ditch, right? It's just like instead of that, instead of saying, no, let me have a right balance in my understanding of God and the understanding of the word, let me hear God in stereo so I understand all he's saying. Now, another element of God speaking to us in stereo is we can all sit and listen to the same message and hear very different things from the Lord. 
And they're not contradictory. It's just the Holy Spirit speaking to us where we're at. That's the power of what God speaks to us. So while God is speaking to us very powerfully corporately, God is also speaking to many of us powerfully, privately, and personally. And you want to learn to walk in both. As Western Christians, we do have a bad habit of we tend to lean very quickly to the personal. My word, my calling, what God is saying to me. And we lose track of, yes, it's for us individually, but it is for us corporately. And there's certain things in God you will not walk in if you're just trying to lone ranger it and do it by yourself. You have to do it as part of community. You have to do it as part of the people that God has called you to be part of. Now that's a little more difficult because you and Jesus works out well because Jesus is perfect and we all think we're perfect deeply in our heart. But then we have to hang out with other people who are not perfect. You get the idea. But that's where we realize, that's why the Bible says in 1 John is if you say you love God but you hate your brother, the truth is not in you. Right, but it's easy to say, I love God. God's perfect. He never, like, I mean, it's just whatever that, but it's how do we love one another? How do we love our brothers and sisters? And it's getting awful quiet in the church already, but that is okay. So I want to encourage us on the corporate level. I want to encourage us in the personal level. I want to encourage us in light of the great doors that I believe God is opening to us, uh, but also the challenges and battles that are coming in the days ahead. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9 is a verse we've talked about a fair bit. It says, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Now, how many people like me love the first half of that verse? I love open doors. God is opening doors for you that no man can shut. Great doors are open. Come up here. Come on. I love that part. But, the, but there are many adversaries. There are battles. There's challenges you're going to. I don't like that part so much. But they're both there in the word. It's interesting. You notice the stereo again? Great doors, many battles. Some people want the great doors, but then they get thrown off when there's battles. Other people, all they see are battles. Battles, the devil's attacking me, and this and that, and all. It's just devil, devil, devil. It's like, no, there's great doors. If there's an attack, it's because there's something to be feared. Right? If, if, if there's some attacks in your life right now, it just means the enemy's upset about what God is doing and where he's trying to take you. So if you just hold the course and just keep heading through the open doors, Amen? Sometimes your best spiritual warfare strategy is just wholly ignoring. Right? Now, that's kind of an awkward phrase, the way I said it, but just take it. Sometimes, I remember hearing about Smith Wigglesworth. If some of you heard Smith Wigglesworth, great man of God, man of faith, performed tremendous signs and wonders. I remember one night I was reading, when I was young, because I'd read biographies of these guys, I'm reading this story about Smith Wigglesworth, and I was reading late at night, and it was kind of dark, and I'm reading it, and it's talking about how one night he was sleeping, and all of a sudden, his bed began to shake, and he woke up, and his bed was shaking, and Satan appeared at the end of his bed. Now, I got a bit of an active imagination, so I'm in the middle of the night in my bed, it's dark, and I'm reading about the bed shaking and Satan appearing, so I'm thinking what I do, I, I don't, I'd probably do some Holy Spirit, you know, Kung Fu in the name of Jesus, you know, just something, and, uh, you know, I'd break out in tongues, you know, it's like, and then just, you know, it's just like, but you know what it said he did, he woke up, and he said, oh, it's just you, and he went back to sleep. Sometimes you just need that, oh, it's just you anointing. 
Because the enemy's just trying to distract you. He's trying to get your attention. It's kind of like Nehemiah. He's a defeated foe. Jesus has already defeated him. Now, I'm not saying that. Here in stereo, there's times where you need to take authority and you need to bind and loose and rebuke. I'm not saying that. But sometimes we get so distracted if we just keep our eyes on Jesus and keep doing what he told us to do. And I actually... I didn't have that in my notes. That's just for somebody today. God's saying to somebody, stop getting distracted by all the noise. Start getting distracted by the roaring lion and keep your eyes on the lion of the tribe of Judah and watch what God does in your life. Amen? And so we're doing that. So, so we're doing that. So, but as I shared with you guys last week, and then, yeah, I got a lot of ground to cover, so let me pick up my pace. I talked to you about, I had that experience when I was just kind of early in ministry. I was in Bogota, Colombia. We're in this stadium, just thousands of young people worshiping Jesus, and I had this conflict of emotions in my heart where, number one, I was just so stirred, and I was like, God, we need to see things like this in Canada. God, I want to be part of moves of your spirit. On the other side, I just felt totally inadequate and overwhelmed, and it's almost like, who am I to even think? And I was telling you guys how I just felt like God said, listen, this is how we're going to do it. Just take my hand. Right, just take my hand. You don't need to know all the steps. You don't need to know all the things you need to walk through. Just take my hand and don't let go of my hand and we'll get where we need to go. And so it's in this season of taking your hand. So I felt a little bit of that last week as well too with just the, the you know, just everything that was coming. And maybe some of you felt that a little bit as well. But the other thing the Lord just really brought my heart and it's where I want to spend some time today was I heard him say so clearly just in my spirit. He said, Joshua chapter one, be strong and courageous. Come on, I want someone today to say, be strong and courageous. Okay, that was pretty good, but here's the deal. You can't whisper. Some of you just kind of went, be strong and courageous. It just doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. You can't whisper it. I want, I want, I want you to declare that today because I believe there's something God wants to release over us there. I want you just to look at your neighbor and tell them, you are strong and courageous, if you don't have a neighbor, you're sitting by yourself, just yell it out to the world. Yell it out to somebody. So let's read Joshua chapter 1, 1 to 9. And it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Come on, somebody say, be strong and courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Come on, say, say it again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, I want to take some time just to work our way through this passage and take some things that God would be speaking to us, because I believe today I have a word of encouragement. It centers around being strong and courageous, but it's talking about entering into the promises that God has set. So we have these incredible words. 
We have these things that God's spoken over us. And we know over time, I mean, we have things like school of the spirit where you learn how to steward words and hear from God and all these things. But just generally, I think we all understand these words come, we still have to walk it out. So just as the children of Israel had this promised land promised to them, there still had been this whole journey to get there. But now they're getting ready to enter in. And I believe in this season, I believe even when we always run by ministry year, like the fall through the fall, 23, 24, even as we look ahead to 2024, I believe it's a time for entering in. I believe it's a time for us corporately to enter into some things we've prayed and have been prophesied and things that God's promised. But I also believe it's time for you to enter in. It's time for you to enter in. Some of you have these promises over your life for many, many years. Maybe you've even become discouraged about delays and disappointments around it. But it is time for you to enter in. But I want to talk to you some things from this passage that what do we need to do? How do we enter in? How do we enter into what God is saying and to what God's doing? So let's look first at verse 1 and 2. At verse 1 and 2, again, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving them to the people of Israel. Now several things I want us to see from this passage. The first thing I want us to see is, and the Lord said to Joshua. Everybody say, the Lord said. I believe that if we're going to be people who enter in, if we're going to be people who are living out what God is saying over us, corporately and personally, we need to take a new level of cherishing the word of the Lord in our lives. Everything in this passage is based on what God is saying. Right? The Lord said... The Lord said. What am I talking about? I'm talking about what God has said to us. I'm talking about what God has said to you. But the first place is we've got to place value on what God is saying. We've got to place value on what God is speaking to us. Because I've noticed in my life, and I've noticed and been pastoring for a little while right now, is that sometimes we treat the word of the Lord cheaply. We don't treasure it. We don't take care of it. You know, I, I, it's a little nostalgic today. I've been thinking of, and some of my stories are old stories from the early days. But I remember in, in, when I was my last year of high school, I prayed and I saved and I believed God. And I got the Air Jordan 11s, all white with the baby blue bottoms. Uh, these were these shoes. Anyone know what I'm talking? Anybody from my generation, you understand? These were these shoes. Like, these shoes. Like, one of my friends asked me to borrow them when he went to another school to meet a new girl. Like, that's, that's kind of these shoes we're at. And so these shoes were, were like these shoes. Now, we can have our arguments going forward about what shoes are whether. But I tell you, in 96, these were the shoes. Well, time was 97 because I got them right before they went off and out of sale and everything else. But I was still there. Now, I'll promise you, my dad used to laugh at me because I didn't wear them actually to school because then you'd have to go outside with them. And if you go outside with them, they're going to get dirty. And they're all white, beautiful baby, but that's not it. So I would wear my, I almost went back to kindergarten. I had my outdoor shoes, and then I had my box with my indoor shoes, right? And so I bring them in the box to school. You don't even, they need to be in the box, right? So I put them in the box. I put the box in the locker. I put my outdoor shoes. I pull out my indoor shoes, and I wear my indoor shoes inside, but they do not touch outdoors, now, now, some of you who are sneakerheads understand exactly what I'm talking about, and some of you think I'm crazy right now, and you're like, this is just nuts, just wherever we are on the spectrum. But here's the point. My point is I, che- I cherished, I protected that, right? I, I, I'd save my money. I'd, I'd actually 
And so I might say, but I just, God was teaching me some things about faith, so I actually believed the Lord that I'd be able to get something because I'd never had something like that before. It was just kind of a faith journey for me as a 17 or 18-year-old, but I cherished it. So here's the question. With the word of the Lord in your life, do you treat it like that? Or do you treat it like just your old knock-around shoes that you really don't care what happens to them? Because I find too many of us are not cherish the word of God the way we need to. So then we don't walk in the word because we don't cherish the word. Now, a couple thoughts on word. We need to treasure. In the New Testament, there's two, uh, two main Greek words that are used for word, like the word of God. There's the word logos. Everybody say logos. Logos, and that is the written word. And then there's rhema. Everybody say rhema. And rhema is the spoken word. Now, sometimes people kind of go back and forth like one's more important than the other. They're both important. We need both of them, and we need to cherish both of them. See, the Logos speaks of the written word of God, and it speaks of us getting into the word. How serious are you today? This is foundational, but how serious are you about the Bible in your life? How serious are you about God's word? Because it's funny, sometimes like, God, I want to touch nations. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I think God just loves you and looks at us and goes, you don't even read your Bible. God, we're going to impact and do this. And God's like, you, you, you sleep in. You can't even get up and read your Bible and do this and do that. And it's, he's not saying it like putting us down. But I think it's a bit of a reality check because that's where it starts. Right? Do not despise small beginnings. If you're faithful with little, you're rulers over much. Some of us want to do great things for God. And God's like, well, can you read your Bible every day? You should have a You be, need to be in the Word daily. But don't just come and it's good you're here. It's good you receive teaching the Word of God. But you need to learn to feed yourself. And so coming in something like this, you get taught the word, it challenges you, but then you take it and you go away and you're digging deeper into the word of God yourself. But see, if we're going to be people that enter in, we've got to be people that cherish the word. And all do we need to cherish the logos, but then we need to cherish the rhema. Now what's the rhema? I'll explain it to you. The rhema is where the logos word or something God speaks to you comes alive in your heart and you know God's speaking to you. And, you know, and, and it's hard to describe until you experience it. But when you experience it, it's like it comes alive. That's why you want to be open. I mean, we were a couple weeks ago in service. And when Megan Turner was speaking, and she was talking a bit about something. And I mean, I won't go into all the details right now. But I, there was just something in our life. And I kind of go, well, Lord, it's around some financial things. I was just like, well, you know, we got this going on. So, and she said something about just God filling your house with good things. And it's like, so she's speaking it. She was speaking what the word said. But all of a sudden, something in my heart, I just thought, man, that's for me. It's like God said, listen, trust me, don't just think naturally about this. And then God already started working miracles the last couple weeks, but it came alive. But see, again, do we cherish it? Do we cherish the word of God? Because this all starts with the word of the Lord. We need to treasure what God has said to us. Someone tell your neighbor, treasure what God has said. So we're talking about entering in. We got to be people of the word. We got, it's interesting too, even like, love the prophetic, and it's awesome, and we're growing it, we're going after it for all the church. But you know, sometimes people want to get way off into, oh, I want a word, I want this, I want that. And God's like, listen, I already gave you a bunch of words. It's right there in your Bible, and any prophetic word you get should be filtered through that word anyways. And Jesus also said, listen, he said, I, the Holy Spirit's going to remind you of the things I've already spoken to you. You know why some of us don't hear a lot from Holy Spirit? It's because he can't remind you of something you've never read. He can't remind you of something you never studied, that you never got. We need to be people of the word who then hear the word of the Lord, but it gives us a right foundation to hear God's word and to not get squirrely and get off all weird. Amen, because that happens sometimes, right? 
But a lot of times it happens because we're not founded in the word. Right? Now, this is not in any way to take away. Because some people are like, yeah, you just need to be in the word. Don't worry about the prophetic stuff. No, we need the prophetic too. We need that. We're not despising that in any way. But can we have both? Can we hear in stereo? Amen? So, the next thing. We're going to be people entering. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. And then it goes on. God said to Joshua. And this is the word of the Lord. What do you say? Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, does anybody else just seem kind of harsh? Right? Like, this is the way God said, hey, Lord, what do you want to speak to me? Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, now, this is interesting to me because I think Joshua knew that already. Right? It wasn't like news to him. Like, oh, really? Moses is dead? Really, Lord? What? I didn't know. I didn't know that. Right? He knew that. And, of course, he wouldn't be disrespectful in that. But here's the point. God was, God was trying to get to something with him. God was trying to get to something with him because for years, Joshua had served Moses. That was all he knew. Moses was the leader who got them out of Egypt. Moses was the leader who led them through the wilderness. Moses had a style, a way of doing things. He was who God called for that moment. But now, God said it's time for a change. He took Moses home. Josh, and Moses ran a good journey. I mean, he was far on in years. He calls Joshua to rise up. But the first thing that God says to deal with, and it sounds a little harsh at first, but it's not all set him up. He's saying, listen, Moses is dead. It's time to move forward in a new way. I'm calling you to go forward. Do not get attached back. You were with Moses. And Moses wasn't bad. Like it was good. It was right for that season. Moses was the leader that was needed. Moses was the one that God called him to. But he's saying, listen, it's time to go into the promised land. Be thankful for Moses and all that he did. But understand he's dead and I'm calling you to go forward. Why am I saying this today? Because, guys, quite often the greatest enemy of a new thing that God is doing in our lives is what he was doing in the previous season in our lives. Because we become so comfortable and so attached to what God did it before, we have a hard time engaging with the new because we keep going back to what was done. This is really, really important. I know I struggle with this all the time because I'm a routine guy. I like my routines. I find a way something works, and I will just do it that way for the rest of my life. See, Pastor Sharon always wants creativity and new things. I'm like, we don't need new things all the time. This works, let's just do it. Now, I learned I don't have a happy wife if we do everything my way, boring all the time, so I have to grow, right? But here's the point. We make a good team, right? We make a good team together, but it's interesting. I mean, I like, I put my keys in the same spot every day. And if for some reason I get distracted, I don't put my keys there, I promise you, the next day, I'm wandering in the house going, babes, if you see my keys, does anybody know where my keys are? Lord, help me find my keys. Holy Spirit, show me where my keys are, Shandada. Where my keys go? I mean, you're just, you're, you're all over the house. Why? Because it's just like it has its place. I know it's there in its place. We're good. Right? But see, here's what happens. Because I can get so comfortable, if you get so comfortable in something God's done, you know you can come out of a place of actually being in faith and trusting in God and now just be trusting your comfort zone and how it's always happened. So what God will often do because he loves us, he'll go, okay, new season, new way. No, but Lord, I just, I like this way. I don't know, why, why are you changing? What's going on? God's saying, well, listen, because I'm trying to get you back into a place of faith. I'm trying to get you back in a place of trusting me. Right? Don't look for just, well, this is the way it always worked before. Well, sometimes God says, okay, that was the way it worked in that season, but now in this season, I'm doing a new thing. 
I'm doing something new. Moses is dead. It's time to go forward. Again, he's not trying to, but he's just being very matter of fact with Joshua. He's saying, listen, it's a new season. It's a new time. And I believe God is saying for many of us, let me ask you this question. What in your life that God did that was good do you need to let go of so you can grab hold of what God wants to do? Right? It's, yeah, the sin stuff is easy, right? It's like, oh, that's bad. That was a bad season. You know, some things I just want to let it go, right? I'm just like, I'm done. Get lost in Jesus' name. What else? But sometimes it's the stuff that God did that, that really meant something, that really kind of got us real fruit in our lives, and we keep wanting to go back to that. But here's what God said. Philippians 3.13, Paul said this, Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upper call in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, forget what's behind. Now, this doesn't mean we don't honor our heritage or history. This doesn't mean we don't honor what God's done. But if we keep trying to use that as our reference point for where God's taking us, we're going to become frustrated. Why? Because Isaiah 43, 19 says this, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Family, I want to announce to you in your life and in our church, God is doing a new thing. And if you grew up with me in the 90s Christianity, I know DC Talk is just playing in your head right now, that God is doing a new thing. And some of you are like, what are you talking about? You just had to grow up in the 90s to know about it. But God is doing a new thing. But watch this. It's interesting because do you not perceive it? In other words, what it suggests to me is God can be doing new things, but do we perceive it? And if we don't perceive it and see it, we can miss it. Furthermore, he says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, which would suggest to me that often the new things are not the easiest pathways forward. Right? We, we like, it's interesting, there's a pioneer anointing on so many of us, but it's funny because at first we're a pioneer, you go in, you level the land, you chop down the trees, you take care of the land, but after a while, once you've done pioneering, you start to get some good stuff, and then God says, time to pioneer again. Sometimes we're like, oh, I don't want to pioneer again, Lord. I'm comfortable where I am right now. I'm comfortable with what I have. I remember years ago, we'd have a prophet named Kevin Leal who came to us at Church Without Limits. And he used to say to us, he said, you guys say, God, I give you everything. He goes, you don't have anything. You're all young. You have nothing. He goes, will you say, God, I give you everything when you have something? Right? And, and it's easy. Oh, yeah, et cetera. But, you know, you, you kind of move forward in life. You grow in some things. There's, you know, you start, some of those things hit you a little different. Are we willing to say, God, I give you everything? There's a God, I give you everything, but just not this, not that. Don't touch this. Don't do that. Really, I give you everything between 11.30 and 1 o'clock on a Sunday, God, and then a little bit more if I can fit it in my work schedule. Amen. All right, it's getting quiet again. All right, so now I love this. He said, so God said to Joshua, we want to be people who cherish the word of the Lord. After the death of Moses, the servant, so there's some things. Watch this. So we need to know what God's, here's the question you need to ask yourself. Number one, what is God saying to you? Number two, what needs to be left behind so you can move forward? Not disregarded, not that you're not thankful for it, not that you don't honor it, but what do you need to leave behind so you can go into the new thing that God's doing? And then number three, he said real simply, now therefore arise. In other words, it's time for some action. Some of us, that's where we get caught up. 
We get all these words, all these dreams, all that God's going to do. And God's like, okay, you know, James chapter 226, faith apart works. Today. Okay, time to get to work. Well, no, I don't know. Maybe I need another confirmation. Maybe I need a little bit more. You know, it's like, God, you almost become, it's like Gideon. Okay, God, like we're starting to throw out fleeces, which actually is the New Testament anyways, right? We're led by the Spirit of God, not by fleeces. But we start to throw out, we're always, where God's saying, no, faith without works is dead. You need to do something. What are you going to do about it? And I love this, it says, you and all this people in the land, I'll give just a thought from this. We see this again, it's about them stepping into the promised land. What promises is God giving you? But what I love about this, when I read this, it's, it's, it's interesting because the, the theme very much, when I was reading, let me find the one part I was going to say, most are dead. Uh, most, now go rise to you and all this people in the land, I'm giving to, now my mind automatically goes that I'm giving to you. But what did it say? That I'm giving to them. See, we again, we have to be very cautious because as Western Christians, we are very much about the individual and we lose sight of the collective and community where the Bible is an Eastern book, not a Western book, and it always elevates the importance of community. In other words, we always hear me, my call, my purpose, whatever, and that's one of the challenges we run into, but God's saying, no, your call is found in the midst of a people and it's fallen in the midst of the people that God has called you to, and there's certain things you are never going to walk in by yourself just trying to live out your call by yourself you got to get around the people that God's called you. And it's interesting because was this for Joshua? Yes, it was for Joshua. But God didn't even say it was for you. He said it's for them. But here's what you learn. If you get it from God for them, you get it too. And if you get it from God for them, you don't become a swamp where everything stops with you. But you become a river of life that flows through you to others. And God's saying these promises, don't just guard against it becoming just about me. If we get a heart for them, we get a heart for the city, we get a heart for the people that God's called around us, we will find our purpose in the middle of it. Right? It's interesting. Most of you, I remember hearing someone say this. Your purpose is never self-serving anyways. What's the purpose of something? What's the purpose of a computer? Well, it's not just to be a computer and be wonderful and have a nice Apple symbol on it. No, it, it does things for others. It helps accomplish things. It does stuff. Purpose is always about serving something bigger than yourself. And a lot of times the reason we struggle with purpose is because everything's about us. Right? Again, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's God asked you to do for somebody else? Because that's where you start to find it. All right, let's keep going. So we see that. We want to have that heart. So verse 5. This is, this is a big kind of, this is the hinge of the passage. Oh boy, i got to pick up. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. This is the key to the entire passage, guys. God says, I will be with you. Now it's interesting because most of us, when we hear this promise, we go, okay, yeah, that's nice. God's going to be with me. No, we need to understand the God of the universe just said, I will be with you. The God of the universe said, I am with you. Uh, Matthew 1.23, behold, the virgin conceives and bears a son. And they should call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all I've commanded. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, I realized when I was thinking about this, I think for myself, I think for a lot of us, we don't get the gravity of the power of the promise that God says I'll be with you. So, but when we get into seasons, guys, where God is challenging us, where God is stretching us, we're calling. Listen, one of the most important, if not the most important thing we can hear and know from God is that God is with us. See, for the, for, I don't, you say, I don't know what to do. God says, don't worry, I'm with you. You might say, well, it's going to be hard. 
God says, don't worry, I'm with you. Yeah, but you say, but there are going to be battles. God says, don't worry, I'm with you. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know how I'm going to afford it. I don't know where the money's going to come from. God says, don't worry, I will be with you. You say, but I'm afraid I won't be able to do it. God says, don't worry, I will be with you. Yeah, but we might face persecution. God says, don't worry, I will be with you. Yeah, but I might fail. God says, don't worry, I will be with you. Yeah, but this is too much to handle. God says, don't worry, I will be with you. Guys, that's the promise for all that God's saying. Joshua is getting ready to take the people in the promised land, something they tried to do, they couldn't do. They're stuck in the wilderness for 40 years, and God says, don't worry, I'll be with you. And I want you to know today, I believe God wants us to hear corporately, and I believe that God wants you to hear individual life. Don't worry, I am with you. And please hear me, because sometimes when we hear this, we get this picture of it. It's kind of like someone rubbing your back, say, listen, yeah, you're going to fail. You're not going to be able to do it. You're never going to have enough money. But don't worry, I'm here with you. And I'm going to rub your back while you have nothing. There. But that's not what God's saying at all. This is more like the billionaire taking you to the mall and saying, I'm with you with my credit card. Get whatever you need to get. Right? It's like, I am with you. He said, I'm with you. That means if there's a provision issue, don't worry, I'm with you. I got it covered. Right, if there's an attack that comes against you, don't worry, I'm with you, I got it covered. If you don't know exactly how you're gonna do it, don't worry, I'm with you, I got it covered. Come on, somebody say, God is with me. And so then we move into verse six where it says, be strong and courageous. You know why you can be strong and courageous? Oh, come on, somebody didn't get that. Why can we be strong and courageous? We can be strong and courageous, not because of the goodness that we have in ourselves, but because God is with us. Right? One of the best examples I think of pop culture that jumps to my mind. You guys remember Lion King? And you remember when little Simba's down in the gorge and the hyenas are all coming to get him and he's trying to protect Nyla and he's out there and then he goes to roar and he goes like, Rawr! And they stop, and they're like, oh, did you hear that? Oh, ha, ha, You know, Whoopi Goldberg back in the cartoon, the best version. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, And he, so he's like, he gets ready to go again, and then, Rawr. Why? Because dad showed up. Right? Your roar might be like, Rawr. Sometimes you might have situations, but the lion of the tribe of Judah is with you, and whatever situation, whatever circumstance, we don't have to put our faith in ourselves, we put our faith in the fact that God is with us, right? That's why when God said to Moses when he was fed up at one point, he said, listen, he said, I'm done with these people, I'll give you the promised land, I'll send you with an angel, but I will not go with you. And Moses basically said, I would rather die than go without your presence. Why? Because when you get his presence, you get everything else. Right? But so often we're seeking all the other stuff, but if we just get the revelation, God is with us. God is with us. And then it brings us to a place of being strong and courageous. Now, I want to say this about being strong and courageous. Somebody say, be strong and courageous. Notice it didn't say feel strong and courageous. There's a big difference here. Because a lot of us read this and we read feel strong and courageous. But God says, no, no, be strong and courageous. What is courage? Dictionary.com says this. Courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, or pain. It's a quality of your spirit. It's a quality of your mind. It doesn't mean you don't feel afraid. It doesn't mean you don't feel overwhelmed. But courage is when you do it anyways. I heard someone say this, courage is when you feel afraid, but you do it anyways. Courage is when it's hard, but you do it anyways. 
Courage is when you feel pressure on every side, but you do it anyways. Courage is when people who are coming against you, trying to stop you, talking bad about you, but you do it anyways. Courage is when it's going to cost you something, but you do it anyways. And guys, I want to encourage you as we walk in a revelation that God is with us. God has raised up men and women of courage in this house. Men and women who don't always not feel afraid, but they do it anyways. I can tell you, I can think of every major step I took for God. I felt so scared. Like I remember when we first started, uh, we started the Bible study in the motorcycle shop that ultimately became the church plant that became Church Without Limits that then ultimately merged and became Toronto City Church. And so we're doing this. We didn't know where to do it. My buddy gave his motorcycle shop. And so I remember that first night I went and Joel would help me. Me and Joel would go and we had, family had the transport SE. You guys remember that spaceship looking van? We had the transport SE and we loaded up with the chairs. The local church blessed us with chairs and we went over and we'd set up the chairs in the motorcycle shop. And I remember that first night I'm sitting there and in my mind I'm like, what are you doing? Nobody's going to come. This is not going to work. What is going on? And I'm there and I, I feel like nobody's there. It's just me, the chairs and the CD player. I mean, Joel was probably there might have popped out to get food or something. So it's me and Joel. Yeah, well, yeah, he weren't driving to get people. He reminded me. But I'm sitting there. Uh, he would do that. But that first night, I didn't know if anybody was going to show up. I don't know if anybody could come. And, and then the, it, the time to start came and nobody was there. But you know what? I was committed in my heart. I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to do it. And all of a sudden, ring, 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 the door opens. And one person comes in and then another person comes in and more people started coming. I mean, I, my first lesson in ministry I learned was start on time because if you keep waiting for everybody to show up, you're never going to start. You just got to start and let people know you start on time. So that was one of my first lessons in ministry. But, but you know, because so parents would drop their kids off at the motorcycle shop. They would not believe they're going to a Bible study. So we're there and we kind of grew into youth drop-in center. And I remember God started talking to us about starting a church. Well, that was terrifying. I was like... You know, what? Like, there, and I remember, I remember that first night we finally did the service, and I was bragging on Rebecca. I don't know if she's here. She was here in first service. Because I remember, I told God, I said, okay, I'll do the church, but there's just a couple things I need. And number one, I said, I do not want to do worship on CD anymore. I need a worship leader. Because we, when we in the motorcycle shop, we just have a CD player. Now, for all you young ones, a CD was this metal disc that we used to listen to music on and it would kind of spin in circles. This is like pre-MP3 days, you know, and so we have that. And so I got really good on the CD player because we just do some worship. And so I could move from like track two to track eight without even opening my eyes or letting my other hand down. I just leaned back and did it. And so great, we'd worship. The only problem was when the thing skipped. So we're like, shout to the Lord, la, 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 la. All right, track number eight, let's go, right? It's just, right? And I remember I told Lord, so we're getting closer and closer to time, and lots of things are coming through. No worship leader, no worship leader, no worship leader. It's so like three weeks out, I'm like, God, I need a worship leader. I'm not doing CD. And one day Rebecca's there. Rebecca's been with us the whole time. And we're the one day she's met, she goes, oh, well, I play the piano. And I'm like, you do? Because I'm stressing. She's like, yeah, I sing too. I'm like, you were going to tell me this when? Right, it's interesting how sometimes God's provision is already right there with you, right? And you're always looking for out there. So, but I remember that first night we did the service, and I went to the little back kind of hallway room, and I got down my knees, and I literally, this is my prayer, God, what am I doing? I'm 22, I don't know anything about planting a church, I have no money, this is crazy. Like if I tell you I just felt strong and courageous and full of faith, no, I was terrified in the moment. But you know what I did? 
I got up, I went in there, I did service. And it's interesting because every time you take this step, there's going to be a wall of fear. But what I find is when you just obey God and push through it, it evaporates. But, but you got you to take the step. You got to push through it. And you got to push through. And so there's this element of not feeling strong and courageous. If you're waiting until you feel it, you'll never get there. Sometimes your knees will be shaking, your arms are shaking, your mind is going nuts. You're saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? What do you think you're doing? You just got to obey God anyways, and you got to push through, and you got to be strong and courageous. Everybody say, be strong and courageous. The second thing I want you to see here is when God says something once, we need to take it. If he says it twice, we really got to pay attention. But in this passage, God says it three times. Be strong and courageous. And then for good measure, he says, be very strong and courageous. And then he says, finally, let me remind you, be strong and courageous. Guys, I want to encourage you this. Let me just hit you with some scriptures. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For as the Lord your God who goes with you, he will not leave you or forsake you. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 31, 24. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All of you who wait for the Lord. First Chronicles 28 verse 20 then David said to Solomon his son be strong and courageous and do it do not be afraid do not be dismayed for the Lord my God even my God is with you he will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished second Timothy 1 verse 7 for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind family I want to encourage you today and you know I had a little bit more but I actually feel we just need to stop here right now and pray over this God is raising up men and women woman of strength and courage in this place but that strength and that courage does not come from our own goodness or our own righteousness or our own ability that strength comes simply from this promise I am with you he is with you in the good times he's with you in the bad times he's with you when everything's going right he's going to be with you when things are going wrong and he's going to help you turn it around but I want you to know today that God's word over your life is I I am with you. Be strong. Be of good courage. Come on, somebody say, be strong and courageous. Come on, somebody tell your neighbor, God is with you. Let's jump. Verse 9 says this, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, and we're going to pray into this right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, just even as you said to Joshua, Father, well, you said, be strong and courageous. Lord, you said, be strong and courageous, for I am with you. And Father, I pray, even as we've talked about today, the Logos word versus the Rhema word, God, I pray that this Logos word that I am with you will become a Rhema in the hearts of every person in this place. It will become a Rhema in the hearts of people listening in online, that we will know that we know that we know that God is with us. And because if God is for you, who can stand against you? If God is providing for you, you have everything you need. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of each one of us. He promised he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. There is nothing that can separate us from his love. There is nothing that's high enough, nothing that's deep enough, nothing that's far enough that can separate us from the love of our Father. He is with us, and because he's with us, we can be strong and courageous. And the name of Jesus, I 
take authority right now over every spirit of fear that is trying to hold people back. Every spirit of fear that is stopping people from stepping out and doing what God has called them to do, to hold to the old instead of embracing the new. And we speak that fear is broken today in the name of Jesus. Fear has broken our lives, and in Jesus' name, because God is with us, we are strong and courageous. Come on, if you want to receive that today, I just want you to stand up and just lift your hands, Lord. Father, it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. If I get keys back, please. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus over every person in this place that whatever you're saying to us, God, we are strong and courageous. God, whatever you're calling us to, we are strong and courageous. And so we just receive that revelation of you in our hearts in a fresh way today in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that the power of fear is broken. God, the power of fear is broken in Jesus' name. Come on, just take a moment. Let's just receive. We're going to transition and get out of here in just a few moments. But Father, I thank you that you're with us. God, I pray for the Emmanuel revelation in our hearts that God is with us, that we are not alone. God, that even through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our head with oil. Our cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in your house forever. Father, I thank you that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We say of you, Lord, you are our refuge, our fortress, our God, and you we trust. Surely you Deliver us from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. You cover us with your feathers, and under your wings we take refuge. Your truth is our shield and buckler. We are not afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or destructions that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at our side, ten thousand at our right hand, but it will not come near us. Only with our eyes will we look and see the reward of the wicked. Because we've made you, the Lord, the Most High, our refuge and our dwelling place, no evil shall befall us. No plague shall come anywhere near our dwelling. You give your angels charge over us to keep us and preserve us in all of our ways. In their hands they bear us up lest we dash our foot against the stone. We tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. We tremble underfoot because we set our love upon you. You deliver us. You set us on high because we know your name. We will call on you. You will answer us. You will be with us in trouble. With long life you will satisfy us and you will show us our salvation. God, I thank you that fear is broken today in the name of Jesus. Fear is broken. God, even there's some people in this place that have just been afraid of dying. They've been afraid of accidents. They've been afraid for their children. But Father, we thank you today in the name of Jesus that you watch over us, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. And in Jesus' name, we just declare fear is broken over people's lives. God, that we are strong, that we are courageous because you are with us. Come on, somebody just say, you are with us. Come on, somebody personalize, just say, you are with me, God. Come on, let's just raise our hands today. Thank you, Lord. I just felt there's something about speaking the word. I just feel like just speaking the word over you guys today. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are with us. You are with us today, God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, you know, I just, I, we're just, we're going to audible this a little bit. I just feel like if you, if you just, you've had battles with fear, there's no shame in that, right? Like we all, tell me, I was, tell you, I was terrified. But, but God wants to break some of that for some of you because you're called to go in. And why did the children of Israel not go into the promised land the first time around? Because they're afraid. You see how big the giants are? We can't go in. You can end up in 
extra long wilderness seasons, not because God led you there, but because fear kept you out of what God told you to do. And, and I just felt, I feel like there's some too, there's, it's a fear of death, fear for your kids, just fear. And I'm not talking about, we all have natural, like if you go upstairs on the edge of the building and look over, most of us are gonna be like shaking a little bit. I'm not talking about that kind of just natural caution, right? Like I watch over my kids. I, I keep my eye on my kids. I don't do stupid things because I've got some sense. But I'm talking about this fear that the enemy gets in you, that, that harasses you and that just haunts you. Today, the haunting needs to stop. And so I just want to invite you, if that's you, and you're just saying, I'm believing for freedom, I just feel like God wants to, I just want you to get out and come to the front. And there's no sense, and some of you, you'll be afraid to come, like the devil, listen, it's not God telling you don't come, but if you know fear's just really hitting you, fear's harassing your life, fear's just coming against that, there's no shame in that whatsoever. It's about walking, so just come across the front, just come and just stand across. Let's just stretch our hand forward towards these guys. And some of you need to come, but you're, 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 you're afraid. So. If you're, like, guys, part of it, honestly, it's like even in moments like this, it's like, well, what will people think of me if I go forward? Who cares? Like, oh, that's fear, right? What will people think? What about this? What about that fear of man? If you guys want to squeeze in a bit more, we got more people coming. Just come across the front, and we're just going to, is, is my wife around? Where did my wife go? I thought I saw, maybe she wasn't. I, I thought I saw my wife for a second, but. All right, let's just do I want to pray for you guys. Let's stretch our hands forward towards you guys. We're just going to go a little over time, but i got to get you out of here for kids' ministry. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for just my brothers and sisters who come forward, God. And I, I'm saying with them, God, because I know there's some areas of fear that I want out of my life as well. I need to know that you are with me, not just in a theological sense, but in a reality. And so, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, for every person who stepped forward, God, there's also people online who are joining us online, and you can just respond from where you are. But, Father, we thank you that the power of fear is broken. God, because we know that you are with us. And, God, I thank you right now just for a shift in hearts. God, where fear is being uprooted, fear is being pulled away, God. And, Lord, I thank you that your perfect love comes in and casts out all fear. But, Father, we just pray in Jesus' name. If it's a fear of death, it goes right now in Jesus' name. God, it's fear for kids. And, again, an unnatural fear is what I'm talking about. That's broken right now in the name of Jesus. God, whatever the element of fear is, God, fear of provision in Jesus' name, it's broken. God, fear of someone's just trying, someone up here, you're getting ready to step out in some things. You keep getting hit by fears of failures in the past. And you're like, it's just going to happen again. But in the name of Jesus, we just speak fear is broken over every single person right now. Come on, let's just pray. I want 30 seconds. I want all of us just to pray for them right now. Just stretch your hands forward. Let's pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, you guys, let's pray. Let's just agree for these guys. We thank you in the name of Jesus that fear is broken. The power of fear is broken in Jesus' name. And we thank you for this, Lord. Fear is broken. Faith rises up. Fear is broken. They're filled with your love. And thank you for this revelation that God is with us. That God is with us. And we thank you for this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And everyone who agreed today said, amen, amen, amen.